Vacation starts with VA. One thing you'll love about your trip to Virginia is that you'll never have to settle for one thing. All that you love is all in one trip. Start yours at virginia.org. It's the SNL Hall of Fame podcast with your host, Jamie Dew. Chief Librarian, Thomas Senna. And featuring Matt Ardill. And now, Curator of the Hall, Jamie Dew. Thank you so much, Doug Donats. It is great to be back here in the SNL Hall of Fame. The SNL Hall of Fame podcast is a weekly affair where each episode we take a deep dive into the career of a former cast member, host, musical guest, or writer, and we add them to the ballot for your consideration. Once the nominees have been announced, we turn to you, the listener, to vote for the most deserving and help determine who will be enshrined for perpetuity in the hall. You might notice that we're all wearing tuxedos today because it's that day I am joined by my friends Matt Ardill and Thomas Senna. How are you fellas doing? Yes, doing well. Got my tux fitted, ready to go. I noticed that. Yeah. They all know me at Indochino now. (laughs) (laughs) And we got a sponsor. I got my little bow tie. Yeah. This is great. I wear a bolo. You know, just because. You're a Southwesterner American at heart. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got some uh, some talking to do here, folks. We've uh, we've got the class of two thousand four ready to reveal to you. But before we do that, we want to go over some other results. We'll talk about who uh, is going to be off the ballot, the pathway to people who are close but didn't quite get in. There is a big cohort of people leaving the ballot next year. We'll talk about that. And then, of course, we will announce this five-person class of season four. So wipe your feet and come on inside and let's do this. All right. So there's that. Where do we want to start here, fellas? Is there anybody that you want to call out that maybe didn't get in, that you have a uh, bone to pick with the audience? Uh, I I see some... I see some eyebrows going up. Thomas. Uh, yeah. So uh, Dave Grohl, I think, is the one where I was really stumping for Dave Grohl hard during this process in a roundtable episode uh, with uh, Bill and Brad and Mike Murray. Right. I was talking. All, all of us had Dave Grohl on our ballot at the roundtable. Uh, I, I think if Dave Grohl, I know Paul Simon's already in. But aside from that, moving forward, if Dave Grohl's not in the SNL Hall of Fame, then what musical guest is in the SNL Hall of Fame? You know, he has Good the point. numbers, he has the memorable moments, he's been in sketches, he's done everything and beyond that you could ask a great musical guest to do on SNL, and he received 55.4% of the vote. Only up 1% since since last voting cycle. So I think just people, I don't know if it's name recognition or what, but it's to me, it's an injustice that Dave Grohl's not in the S-No Hall of Fame. And if he's not, then what's the path for any musical guest to be in, honestly? Yeah, I almost wonder if 
there's an opportunity to put the entire class of Hall of Famers on the ballot so people can see, you know, oh, Paul Simon's there. So, yeah, I can I can let Dave Grohl slide, you know, if they are feeling that way, if they are voting that way. There's one that I, you know, sort of thought about and I'll talk about later on in the podcast, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, similar type vibe. What about I mean, you, how do you how do you oh, guys sorry. personally feel about Dave Grohl in the SNL Hall of Fame? I, I think he belongs like him and Tim, Justin Timberlake, both kind of sitting in the same spot. Like they're both great musical guests who've been really great comedic foils for the cast and, and have like really gotten involved, uh, but just seem to be stagnating both around yeah. the same spot, that 53, 54, 55 range. And I mean, I think maybe it's because like, I mean, even, you know, like Molly Shannon you know, and Maya Rudolph, two incredible performers also sort of sitting, sitting there, stagnating because it's like yeah. it just it feels like we've, we've got quite a few really talented people and people are just like oh yeah i'm sure they're gonna get in and i'm gonna put my vote elsewhere kind of thing because it yeah. just it seems to always they seem to be all floating around the same space especially maya i don't know if you want to reveal maya's results now but like yeah maya's hasn't moved but like 0.73% since in the last three voting cycles, which is unreal to me. Like that it seems that consistently too. we know, I think what voters think of Maya Rudolph. Everybody loves her. Like it's every, I, 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 everybody loves Not her. 67.5% just, or 67.7% yeah. don't. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's just, it's weird. It's just like that. I, I, again, it's like, I'd be curious like the, to pull the logic of some of, some of the folks who maybe didn't vote for her, you know, like, uh, why not? Like, what, what is it? What, what went into their decision-making process? So we should, should we add an essay? <laughs> an yeah. An essay, essay part question. Of the ba- yeah. An essay question. At the end Please of the show ballot. your work underneath <laughs> yeah. each question. <laughs> that would be yeah, fantastic. That, with, with Maya in particular, I know Matt, I, uh, uh, to be truthful, I didn't vote for her, uh, on my ballot because, I love Maya, but it seems like the, for me, the results, like what was on screen on SNL didn't quite fit the talent that I know she has. Like the output and the production doesn't fit what I know she can do. Like, yeah. Like to, I like the idea of Maya on SNL and I love seeing her pop up in other places, but just the quality of characters, the quality of sketches didn't quite fit for me. So just as a non Maya voter, that's what I can, uh, can tell you from my perspective. Yeah. That's, 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 I think fair because I mean, it's not that she can't do it. It's that the work she was given didn't really hold up to what talent she brought to the table, which I think is a fair assessment. Yeah. And I think she, I should think she was in an, an era that was really broad as far as mm. just comedic style, a lot of really broad, big characters, uh, I think that was where comedy was in like the early to mid two thousands. It wasn't quite Jack Handy clever kind of stuff. Yeah. It was very a lot, a lot of gay jokes, a lot of how I term like in that era. It was a lot of people thinking it was like the height of comedy to put on a hip hop affectation and 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 be and act that way. So she was in. She just kind of was in a weird time as far as comedy in general. And yeah. I don't think she really showcased to- like all of her talents. On SNL, honestly, whether it was she wasn't given the opportunity, she didn't write for herself as much. But I think the idea of her for me is better than like what the reality was on SNL. 
I'm not sure where I stand, but she didn't make it on my ballot this year either. And I will tell you that next year is her last year on the ballot. So whether she gets in or not, she won't be on the ballot for season six. So that will be interesting to see if that nudges her forward or if we get a movement next year for somebody stumping for her because we 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 have seen that there have been little campaigns going on this voting cycle mm-hmm. and uh some of them sort of worked so it's interesting i'd love to see her and molly make it in but uh the very the very sound logic now conversely i 100 percent agree with the voters regarding uh Dwayne the rock johnson <laughs> so, okay yeah so like tell that's us what like, you mean by that I just don't think he belongs. Like he's got one really solid good sketch, which is the Hulk Obama sketch. Yeah. And yeah. other than that, I literally remember nothing that he's done on that screen. Um, like he's, yeah, he had a few, like uh, the the Mad Scientist convention one. Oh, that yeah. was that was controversial, very risky, but really clever, very. really funny in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Uh, and it was that. almost ballsy of him to do that. He was he led like a, a Greg the Alien sketch. Uh, but I know I, I, I agree with you, man. I didn't, I didn't vote for him either. And not that he's a bad host. He's, I know he's a five timer, but he just like, he didn't pop like maybe other five timer, like other people in that echelon did. Like he's there, he's functional, he's fine, but this isn't the hall of fine kind (laughs) of thing. So, so yeah. Well, let's reveal what he got. He, he checked in at 9.71. So he is officially one and done. He is under the 10% threshold. And that means that he is uh, he's out of the picture going forward. So that's interesting. What about um, in the uh, host category? This is the first class of Hall of Famers. I'm tipping my hand here a little bit. But the first class of Hall of Famers we have where there's not a host that has been inducted. What does that say to you guys? Does it say anything does it matter uh, what's going on with Buck Henry sitting at 48%? Candace Bergen had a really nice rebound thanks to uh, some stumping. Um, wondering if you want to talk about the host category at all, fellas. And I think that it's, part of it is, you know, there's so much more of a relationship with the cast. The people, I, I feel people are more prone to cast a vote for a cast member than a host. Because, I mean, we've the hosts that have made it in so far have been some of the strongest, most notable hosts on the, on the show uh, in its history. So when you've got so many quality cast members to cast your vote for, it's like, would I, do I really want to cast my vote for this person who was like good on that like two, three, four, five episodes that they've been on? Mm-hmm. Or do I want to cast this per- uh, vote for this person who kept me laughing for like five, six, seven, eight years? Or longer in in a few cases, um, so I, I think that might work against the hosts. Uh, like they really have to over excel and overperform to to make it past that barrier. I feel. Yeah, I think that's yeah. a really good point that you bring up, Matt. I think with Buck Henry, honestly, I think it's name recognition. Maybe especially with a lot of younger voters, I think Buck Henry just for whatever reason they didn't get they didn't probably didn't a lot of them probably didn't watch. Uh, Buck a lot or any of Buck Henry's hosting stints uh, back in the original era. So I think with Buck, it was name recognition. Justin Timberlake, though, like that goes against the idea of name recognition uh, to me. Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm a little stumped about Justin Timberlake. 
not being on and that, that that's not a spoiler jamie said that there's no hosts on uh who got inducted this year so yeah justin timberlake not in the snl hall of fame but he's he's ran steady between 51 and 53 percent or so the last three voting cycles which uh which is interesting to me but i thought for sure timberlake would have gotten in um but i i agree with you like your people i think people are more inclined to vote for like a cast member who that was in their lives for six seven eight years straight rather mm-hmm. than somebody who while awesome, maybe just occasionally popped up once every two or three years. Uh, so Matt brings up a good point right there. Maybe there's a bias and a more of a love for for uh, cast members. Yeah, I think so. It seems that way. Should we get to the main event then? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, we can work backwards here, fellas. Um, the one that's not a surprise to anybody is, of course, the Don Pardo Award winner, Don Pardo. Yes. So yes. he is our first uh, first member of the class of uh, 20, uh, pardon me, the class of season four. And uh, you guys did a bang-up uh, job with that episode, I thought. So I don't know if there's anything you want to add, but um, if there's not, I encourage everyone listening to this to go back to listen to the Don Pardo episode. Well, I just I think he very much speaks to the culture of just like family in SNL, like how, how there's tradition and there's love for people who've been involved in it. So I'm just glad we were able to talk about him and and his contributions. Yeah, absolutely. That was a great episode. Uh, uh, I I loved having Matt on uh, as, as maybe like a de facto guest. We kind of did that show together, but it was really cool doing the episode with Matt to be able to celebrate uh, Don Pardo and I had spoken a little bit about in terms of show identity and branding. And when you think of like part of the show's branding and identity is the voice of Don Pardo. So yes. people do people do Don Pardo impressions. Matt and I did a string of Don Pardo impressions to close that <laughs> yeah. episode in honor of him. It was so good. Because people love doing Don Pardo impressions because that voice is part of the fabric, part of the identity of SNL. And to me, that's one of the main reasons why it was so fitting to name this award after him for and for him to be the first inductee uh, of the Don Pardo Award. I mean, perfect. I didn't want to put him up for a vote. Let's just, you know, let's just slide him through. He's an SNL Hall of Famer. So, Matt, do you want to do the next one? So next up, uh, we have Don's replacement, Daryl Hammond. Uh, He uh, is... You know, amazing impersonator, incredible performer. His Sean Connery is delightful. Um, And he's speaking to that family component. He remains a part of the cast today, taking over for Don, doing a Don impersonation to uh, keep that voice alive and a part of the part of the show. So, so yeah, I'm happy to see him there. Yeah, he finished with 67.27% of the vote uh, on his first ballot. He's in, so... First ballot Hall of Famer. Congratulations to Daryl Hammond. Yes, uh, Daryl Hammond may arguably be the greatest impressionist in SNL history. I mean that the show almost actively avoided using him in sketches because a lot of times they wanted to save him to in case he had to pick up an impression. Something happened in the news or something. If they wrote a a, a famous person, a politician, into a sketch at the last minute, mm-hmm. they wanted to save Daryl Hammond to be able to learn an impression without having to focus on uh, playing a 
too big of a role in other sketches. So that speaks to his ability and what the show thought of him and how vital he was to the show that they said, this is your role. You're so good at it that we're going to spare you a lot of this other work so you can stay sharp and learn an impression at the last second. That speaks so highly to Daryl Hammond. In my opinion, a top 20 cast member, 25 at Mm. least, but I have him in my top 20. He's kind of like the, 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 his era's kicker or if it was a football yeah. team, yeah. like we, we need you, you're, you're, you're super special. So we're just going to treat you with kid gloves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you may not be, get a lot of respect from other people or may not be noticed throughout the game, but you might just damn well win the game for us ultimately. Yeah. And that, yeah, that was Daryl. Yeah, exactly. Matt. Yeah. I, I, I think he absolutely belongs. Uh, I think he fits very nicely in, Hall, I love that linkage that you just made between him and Pardo. You know, going from one to the other is really tremendous. So, yeah, once again, I think that's great. Thomas, you want to take the next one? So, our next inductee in the class of season four, the SNL Hall of Fame. And I know a lot of hardcore SNL fans, uh, Bill Kenny in particular, who's a frequent guest on our show, is going to be super happy about this. Jan Hooks is yeah. an SNL Hall of Famer. All of us are really happy. So the the beloved Jan Hooks uh, got in with 67.6% of the vote. Gosh, Jan, a trailblazer, somebody who popped on screen every time that she was on. Uh, Jan Hooks, well-deserved. She went from 39% in her, in her first ballot in season two to 46%. Made the jump. A lot of people stumping for her. A lot of people, I think... More and more realizing how great Jan Hooks was. She was in a stacked era of the show, uh, but she definitely fit in and oftentimes stood out. So I'm super excited. Jan Hooks, uh, she was on my ballot, definitely. One of the top 20 or 25 or so, again, cast members in SNL history uh, for me, if not higher. So yeah, Jan Hooks, uh, fellas. I'm, I'm so happy. She was part of, the, like, we all have our my. SNL cast and she was part of that my SNL cast and that that, that golden me era too. for me when I was watching as a teen and I, it's just like yeah it's just so great to see her get the the accolades she deserves yeah I was really worried uh because we haven't seen somebody make that big a jump I don't think in the past like to go 20 points mm-hmm. uh to to jump in But uh, it happened again as well with our next inductee, and that is somebody who as well has been stumped for. Uh, He went from 30% in the first season to 44% to 49% to 69.4%, and that is longtime head writer of the show, uh, political architect of the the show, really. Uh, That's James Downey. So pretty exciting to finally have him in the hall. Yeah, it was always so weird to me that we had a Hall of Fame and and Jim Downey wasn't in it. It was as important as political uh, comedy is to, has been to SNL over the years. The architect, as you mentioned, Jamie, behind it was largely in a, a, a Jim Downey in a lot of cases. He was behind some of the all-timer sketches, political sketches in SNL history. And uh, I know a lot of voters, uh, or at least the, some of the ones that I talked to, made it a concerted effort to give the writers more love. So here's one of them. Here's we have a writer in now, uh, Jim Downey, well-deserved. 
in the Mount Rushmore pantheon of SNL writers, in my opinion. And I mean, he 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 really helped. I mean, there was a lot of chaos in the early days, and he helped really huh. shape shape the voice into something that was not just anarchy, but an actual pointed, cohesive point to the the sketches and the political commentary. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, that that consistent growth year over year, it just shows like eventually people are like, oh, yeah, this he, he's an important part of this. And we need to we need to recognize. That. I think that's what happened. Like it, 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 it's very likely because for him to have went up as much as he did uh, is is, you know, I can't sound precedented because Jen Hooks did it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but you get what I'm saying. I wanted to say something else about James Downey. So I think a big complaint about the political humor on SNL, probably since Trump, since Alec Baldwin started doing Trump, was that basically mm-hmm. they just rip verbatim what happened in a hearing or in a press conference. It's almost just word for word what yes. happened and then turn it into a sketch. And that's not a point of view. That's not funny. It's just kind of like this is what these people said. Okay. Jim Downey didn't do that. Jim Downey wrote political comedy with a perspective. He took what maybe what somebody said and altered it a little bit or took it to its extreme, but he never he never just relied on like, oh, this po- this political figure said this crazy thing and I'm going to write this crazy thing word for word as a sketch <laughs> and then turn yeah. it in. That that wasn't Jim Downey's style. He always had he always had a point of view and a perspective with with this, which is something that's, you know, it's it's been lacking in the last few years, politically, at least with po- the political side of SNL for the yeah. most part. I find and, you know, this might make me some enemies, but I find, you know, under Colin and Che as the co-head writers in that department, it's been very weak. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just it's, it's skewed more towards the broader humor again, the absurd, which is fun. You know, don't I don't have a problem with that, but. It's really lost its voice. It just when it goes for the political stuff, it's the easy, low hanging fruit. Yeah. Um, consistently. And yeah, like you said, it's like the we're missing that. Like the the sketch with Reagan where he's like puts on the doddering old man yeah. persona, and then when everybody leaves the room, he flips into this calculating monster. Which is like, you know, like it's in that there used to be really good pointed political sketches and we we've yeah. lost that. Definitely. Jim Downey was behind the the Al Gore, George W. Bush debate. And Al Gore did reference a lockbox. The real Al Gore did. But Jim Downey took that idea and took it to its extreme and made it so like it was a literal lockbox that Al Gore was talking about. So he took an element of something that Al Gore really did say. And he said, how could I stretch this out into comedy? Which is what a writer, you know, a good writer or any writer worth their salt should be able to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got one left to announce. Yeah, this one doesn't shock me at all. He's really in the zeitgeist right now. Um, Jason Sudeikis. You know, like, everybody loves Jason. Everybody loves everything he does. Um, don't know if it's that, like, Midwest charm. That uh, just very like, oh, shucks, I'm a nice guy attitude. But uh, 81.65% of the vote out of the gate. Ted Lasso would call that a win. Uh, so, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I I mean, I love Jason. I love everything he di- does. You know, I was, went to Chicago and I was like checking out all the old haunts that, the, that he would have been going to and uh, checking in Io and Second City. So 
Um, yeah, I mean, he's very much a part of the broader culture right now, probably more so than any cast member has ever been. But you know, I think that's because he's a, an earnest, hardworking comedian and comedic actor, and he really dedicates himself to his work. And it's great to see him rewarded for it. Yeah, he's he's pretty wonderful. We saw it like from the beginning, you know, like you could see it almost fully formed from the beginning. He's got a swagger, but he's not arrogant or cocky. He he's just confident, and we saw it um, really manifest itself in that sketch when he hosted. Was it last season or the season before with Ego, and they were in the classroom. <laughs> and he was basically cucking uh, poor um, Kyle, Kyle Mooney. Mooney. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just tremendous, tremendous acting. It was so subtle. And like he's, we saw it at the beginning, but he's come so far. Yeah. He, going, well, going into season four, after, you know, we did the draft. So, so me and uh, Matt and John Schneider drafted the season four nominees. And when we were looking at our lineup, I think probably we all thought Jason Sudeikis would be the headliner of season four. I know I did. I looked and said, who's our, you know, who's the headliner? And I was like, I think Jason Sudeikis is. He ended up being our last episode. Bill Kenny and I did that. So he was our last nominee that we talked about. And it looks like it was correct. Jason Sudeikis was our headliner for season four, received the most votes, the uh, highest percentage of votes. In my book, he's a top 10 cast member. I have number 10. Uh, I've been doing my list because our buddies over at the SNN have, yes. have been doing their cast member countdown. So I did have to do my list as well. And I have Jason Sudeikis number 10. Too. Yeah, number 10 all time. So to, that's like a slam dunk first ballot type of Hall of Famer in my book. And um, the voters agree. To me, this is this was a no-brainer. Super happy for Jason. Well-deserved. Just have nothing but great things to say about Jason Sudeikis. Let's talk about people who who maybe we're on their first ballot or we see like an upward trajectory into getting voted into the hall. And I know one who was a first timer on the ballot this year, who, who uh, received over 50% of the vote, Fred Armisen. Yes. So it seems like Fred already with over 50% of the vote. And if history is any indication, he's, at some point, probably going to get into the SNO Hall of Fame. Maybe not next voting cycle in season five, but probably the one after that. Uh, of course, I, th- I would have said the same about Maya Rudolph, who honestly, I kind of compare Fred and Maya in a lot of different ways as far as like era and talent. And maybe they, I don't know, maybe they didn't, their output on screen didn't match how people looked at them. I don't know. A lot of similarities similarities between Maya and Fred, but I think Fred probably has a path to getting in. Fifty one point eight percent of the vote in his on his first time on the ballot this time around. Uh, what do you guys think about Fred, or is there anybody else uh, who who has the trajectory who who you see getting in someday? Uh, Fred definitely, you know, and I mean everybody loves Fred, you know, it's, and he's coming out of the gate strong. So I think it's you know it's just with big names like. Daryl and Jason on to go up against. It's just, there's only so many votes to cast, but yeah, I definitely see him making it in next season or the season after. I think Chris Purnell though, you know, first season on the ballot, 32%. I think he's, he'll get there too before his time runs out. 
his chances oh. because he's another one of those people who's well loved and is kind of ever present for a very long period of time, has some great moments. What works against him, I think, might be the fact that he's very a much a supportive player in a lot of sketches. Right. Um, so it's I could see it going both ways. I am a fan of those supporting players. Yeah, because you know they they do the heavy lifting a lot of the times and let others shine. Um, so it's like that teamwork component. I, I blame my time on on doing improv at Second City <laughs> for that. Like I'll be the guy who's like, oh yeah, hey, in the background. But uh, no, that guy is crucial yeah. though. Dave Buckman yeah. made a, ga- a great case for Chris Parnell, which I happen to agree with. Honestly, and I don't know. I don't think I voted for Chris, but that's just because there were so many people who I wanted to vote for. But I can see myself voting for Chris next time, yeah. like with with no hesitation. Yeah, honestly, I think he's the, an SNL Hall of Fame type of cast member. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, like first year, plenty of mm-hmm. room. Vanessa Bayer is another yeah. one. Like we'll get there. Yeah, oh, yeah. I was going to ask about Vanessa because she's one of my all time. I would say Phil Hartman, Vanessa Bear, and Will Forte are my personal three favorite cast members of all time. Yeah. And Vanessa Bear getting 33%, that's, as a Vanessa Bear super fan, that's a little higher than I expected. Honestly, like, I was pleased that Vanessa got a, basically <laughs> a third of the vote. Like, what do you, JD, Matt, like, with specifically with Vanessa, like, does that surprise you? Am I crazy and, like, loving her as much as I do? Like, what do you think I, of Vanessa on the ballot? I think, you know, I don't think you're crazy at all. Like she she's another one of those people who like will just lean into silly. Like mm-hmm, yeah. is beloved by by pretty much everybody has like a sketch or a character. Like my wife's like, oh, when she does that weekend update bit where she's the the kid reading from the Torah and yeah. doing the doing the bar mitzvah. I love that. Uh like so everybody has a little moment of her that they they love and cherish if they watch during her era so i mean strong start and yeah i think she'll get there too like she's she she like chris or it's just a matter of when not if i'm not willing to say that she'll get in until i see her next set of numbers uh because there's some curious stuff that happened like i look at Mulaney. Mulaney went from 43 to 27 back to 41 so you know is there a chance that Parnell or Bear, you know, sort of yo-yo. I I don't know, but um, it's a good. Both are good numbers to start with, and they to answer your question directly, Thomas. They both do surprise me. Like I, I thought, probably in or around the twenty percent range. Mm-hmm. But the but the one that excites me the most that I look at the list and 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 that's Buck Henry, and um, he's still relatively new on the ballot. He was 23% last year, which was a disappointment, but that's followed up by a 48% this year. Mm-hmm. So if he, you know, does another super jump next year, he's he's in. And I think that he's the type of person that people can rally around. Like, um, you know, when when they were rallying around Tim Raines to get him into the Baseball Hall of Fame, you know, mm-hmm. no, I definitely that, belongs. Definitely. He belongs, yeah. and I, I definitely see that, like, just because I'm I'm so in the weeds with this stuff that 48% still seems low to me. But I guess in the grand scheme of things, you're right to put some perspective on it. Um, there is a positive trend with Buck Henry. So that's like a nice positive yeah. spin on it there, uh, Jamie. And I mean, a lot of, he's not as fresh to the mind of a lot of the no. people who have made it in. Uh, for So, I mean, he's had good, strong support. 
great episodes discussing his contributions. So, you know, I think he'll make it. Yeah, I, I do too. Uh, should be interesting though. Well, is there anything else that you guys want to dig into uh, in this list? We'll publish it fully on our socials so you can peruse it. Uh, if there's anybody specific we didn't mention, you can check them out. That's what we have for you this week. Uh, hope you enjoyed yourself. Uh, I sure did hanging out with my friends, Thomas and Matt, uh, on behalf of Thomas and Matt, I want to thank you very much. And if you would please do us a favor and on your way out, there's a light switch on the wall past the weekend update exhibit. Turn it off because the SNL hall of fame is now closed. Thanks for listening to the SNL Hall of Fame podcast. Make sure to rate, review, share, and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on social media at SNLHOF. This is Doug Denant saying, this is Doug Denant saying, see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>